Turn to two passages of Scripture now. Ephesians chapter 4, which is just to your right a little ways. Ephesians 4 and 2 Corinthians 3. All right? So Ephesians 4 and 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And we're in our 2020 series. Our fast has ended. Thank you, Lord. And time for today. Today is a feast day. Not tomorrow, not Tuesday, not Wednesday, okay? Just today is a feast day. It's okay to have a feast day every now and then. It's not okay to have all feast days, but it's okay every now and then. So, our fast is ended, but our devotional has not. How many of you are still, as you, maybe you missed a few days, but how many of you are still doing the devotional? Can I see your hands? All the campuses. All right. Okay. So, this week we're going to talk about equipped. We've been using our vision statement to talk about 2020, God's vision for my life. Now, I want us to say our vision statement again. Remember, I'm asking you to memorize it. I asked uh, people in the Saturday evening service, how many of you have memorized it? It was a very poor showing. I had to rebuke them openly. And so, I'm not going to ask you. I'm going to give you one more week, all right? So, let's say our vision statement together, and let's say it loudly and enthusiastically at all the campuses. Are you ready? Okay. To see people say, heal, set free, discipled, equipped, empowered, and serving. All right, so last week, Pastor Stovall shared on discipleship. I thought he did a great job, and this week we're going to talk about equipped. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8, it says, therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, this is referring to Jesus, the verse right before it tells us Christ, he led captivity captive. And implied now it would be he, Jesus, gave gifts to men. And then look at verse 11. These are the gifts he gave. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Now, why did he do this? Verse 12. For the equipping of the saints. Why did the saints need to be equipped? For the work of the ministry. Why do we need to do the work of the ministry? For the edifying or the strengthening or the building up of the body of Christ. Now, I want you to notice that it says Jesus Himself gave these gifts. Now, we believe in all the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but these are not gifts of the Holy Spirit. They get lumped in with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Holy Spirit, most people put them in four categories, but they're actually three categories because these are not gifts of the Holy Spirit. The three categories of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, are the manifestational gifts, the ministry gifts, and the motivational gifts. Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12, the beginning of the chapter and the end of the chapter. But Ephesians 4 tells us of the gifts of Jesus. Jesus gave gifts. And listen to me carefully. It doesn't say that He gave the gift of an apostle to some people. Here's what it says. It says He gave apostles. He gave prophets. He gave pastors, evangelists, teachers. Okay, listen to me. I, I know this sounds a little weird, but I just want to just kind of get us thinking a little bit differently. Listen, I am a gift to you from Jesus. And you, and you can't return me either, by the way, just to let you know. Okay. I don't just have gifts. I am a gift. I, I'm a gift. And there are those. But listen, I'm not that important. You need to understand that. There is a word in verse 11 that is actually repeated or spoken four times in that verse, and we miss this word. 
And, and, and for him to say it four times, we need to catch it. This, do, you, do you see the word that says it's in there four times? Some. <laughs> he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. You know why some? Because we don't need that many. The, 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 the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers aren't as important as the other mentioned in verse 12. And listen, we talk a lot about the fivefold, the, the fivefold. You heard of the fivefold offices, the fivefold gifts. Okay, listen to me. I don't want you ever to call them fivefold again. It's the sixfold. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, and here's the most important one saints. Because I want you to notice that the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers don't do the work of the ministry as an apostle or a prophet. As, as, as a pastor, I equip you to do the work of the ministry. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't do the work of the ministry. I lead people to the Lord too. I pray for people. I, I, I do the work of the ministry, okay? But I do that as a saint. I'm a saint. So, saints do the work of the ministry. But as a pastor, I equip you to do the work of the ministry. So, we need to be equipped. So, how can I be equipped? Three things, all right? Here's number one. Be available. Be available. And listen carefully. You've probably heard this little phrase, but it's, it, it's so true and it's very important. God doesn't need people of ability. He needs people of availability. He needs us. And you know why? It's real simple. Because God has all the ability in the world. And out of the world, by the way. God has all ability. So, He doesn't need someone with ability. He just needs someone with availability, and He will take care of the ability. Listen, it's the water that, feed, that nourishes people, not the hose. It's the water. Jesus is the one. You don't have to have ability. You don't have to look at me or someone else and say, well, I don't have that ability. That's okay. You just have to be available. Listen to this scripture. 2 Timothy chapter 2 says, verse 2, and the things, this is Paul, an older pastor speaking to a younger pastor, or older apostle speaking to a younger evangelist, however you want to see that. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, now watch this, commit these to faithful, notice the word faithful, men, who will be able, notice the word able, who will be able to teach others also. Now, listen to this. He said, when you're looking for people, I want you to find faithful people who will be able. Now, listen. Here's where the church got it backward. When we're looking for people to put in leadership positions, many times we look for able people, people who have ability, and we hope they will be faithful. Here's what God said. Find me a faithful person, and I will make him able. I can take care of the rest. You just find someone's faithful. And by the way, a faithful person is not a perfect person. That's very important to understand. As a matter of fact, here's what the Lord says about righteous or faithful people. Proverbs 24, 16 says, for though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again. Here's what I want you to notice. It doesn't say a righteous man never falls. That would be a perfect man, and there was only one perfect man, and there will always only be one. But when we fall, see, faithfulness is not described by never falling. Faithfulness is described by when we fall, get up again. So, now, go back to Ephesians 4, 
And look at verse 14. Here is why we should be equipped. Here's why we should be available to be equipped. Verse 14, that we should no longer be children. We have a lot of immature believers in the body of Christ because they've never been equipped. Tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into Him who is the head of Christ. Here, here's very simple. The reason we've not grown up in Him we, we've not grown up in love, we don't speak the truth in love, and we're carried about by every wind of doctrine, is we've never made ourselves available to be equipped. Well, pastor, I'm, I'm just too busy to go to a class on Wednesday night. I'll just remain an immature Christian. That's what this is saying. We need to be equipped. And I'm saying that the equipping classes are the only way, but it's one of our ways to do it. All right, so... Number one, be available. Here's number two, be a servant. Be a servant. I want to show you a, uh, um, a position that in the kingdom is higher than an apostle. We, we, we tend to think many times that an apostle, that's the highest gift, the highest position. It's not the highest position. Romans 1 says, verse 1, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus a servant called to be an apostle. Uh, Philippians 1.1, 1, 1, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. James 1.1, 1, 1, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. And 2 Peter 1.1, 1, 1, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. All of them put servant first. Every one of them, every one of them, when they start their letter that is going to be canonized into Scripture, they start it by saying, let me give you my qualifications for writing this Scripture to the body of Christ, writing this, this letter to the body of Christ. I'm a servant. Now, I'm also an apostle, but mainly I'm a servant. I want you to know this is so important. This is what Jesus kept trying to get in the disciples. They could not get this. You remember, they're walking along the road here. I'll just read it to you. Mark uh, chapter 9, verse 33. Then he came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, what was it you disputed among yourselves on the road? But they kept silent, for on the road they had disputed among themselves who would be the greatest. That's the first pastor's conference right there. And he sat down and called the twelve and said to them, If anyone desires to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. And in Matthew, when he says this, he said, Listen to me. I did not come to be served. I came to serve. And if you want to be great in the kingdom, and there's nothing wrong with wanting to be great in the kingdom. If you want to be great in the kingdom, you become the servant of all. And, and can I say something about being a servant? You may serve somewhere that is not your ultimate place of service. You may serve somewhere that is not your ultimate place of gifting. Uh, I can remember when I was a young preacher and I would travel and I was doing revivals and things like that. And about every four to six weeks, we would, we would be off a Sunday and um, we would attend our home church. Well, our home church had a policy that if you put kids in the nursery, you had to work once a month in the nursery. Well, I was only there once a month. 
So every time I was there, I, we, would, we, would have, we would attend two services. One, we'd work in the nursery, and then we would attend one so we could be. But I was just like everybody else. That was the policy. We put kids in, okay, I'm going to work in the nursery. But I have to tell you, I went in that first time, and I went in the nursery, and I, the kids were all over the place, and, the, you know, things were going on. And I, I had to have a nap when I got home. <laughs> I was worn out. And when I woke up, I was complaining to God. I said, God, here I am out preaching and doing all these great things for you, and I have to work in the nursery, and, you know, and, and, I, and I remember saying to him, this is not my gift. Have you ever served somewhere and you said, that's not my gift? Okay. I said, that's not my gift, God. And the Lord said to me, what is your gift? So I said, preaching's my gift. And he said, well, then preach. So the next time I had to serve, I walked in there, I said, those kids, I want you to turn to Ezra chapter 3. We're going to talk today about rebuilding the temple, and we're, boy, I mean, and I had three points, and I just went through the whole thing. It was great. Parents loved it because they all went to sleep, you know. Uh, people actually started buying my CDs to put their kids, to, well, anyway, so, to sleep. All right, look, look at verse 16, Ephesians 4, now verse 16, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. Notice the word joint. According to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Now, this is very important. Listen, the body grows because every part does its share. And here's a real simple question. Are you doing your share? That's real simple. Are you doing your share? Because that's how the body's going to grow. And I'm not talking about just numerically. That's how we're going to grow spiritually. So by every part does it share and by what every joint supplies. What's a joint? A joint is where two parts come together. Listen to me very, very carefully. Very carefully. <laughs> the best way you could help the body of Christ is not do your own thing, but join with someone else and let a joint form. And the joint then nourishes the body. It's kind of like the, the boards on Noah's Ark. You ever thought about this? If those boards had not joined themselves together, obviously we know Noah and his sons did that, but if they hadn't come together, they, would have, they wouldn't have saved anyone. As a matter of fact, you wouldn't be here today. Now, think about this. All these boin, joint, uh, boards, they're, they're, all, they're all important. But you know what the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 12? The members that you can't see are the most important parts of the body. So see, everybody on, on, on the weekends, they see me. Did you realize I'm not the most important part of Gateway Church? It's the ones that are over there right now taking care of our children and teaching the next generation about God. And many times we don't even see them. Or the guy that came out here yesterday with, on, a, on a tractor and cleared snow off the parking lot so we could get here today. It, it's the ones that you can see. And, and you take think about Noah's Ark, it, it would be the boards under the water line that would be the most important. And what if a board that was under the water line, okay, here's the board, here's the board. He's under the water line and he thinks to himself, you know, I can't see where we're going. And those guys up there make all the decisions, and they never tell me, and they never ask me anything. This is just, this is not my place. So he kind of pops out, you know, and then he pops up on the deck, and he starts walking around the deck. Oh, this is my place. 
I can see so much better, you know. I, all I ever saw down there was a jellyfish. I mean, this is great, you know. And all the other boards, they look down, they see the water rushing in, they look up and they see the board walk around the deck and they say, well, what are you doing? And he says, y'all didn't appreciate me. <laughs> well, what our response should be is, well, maybe we didn't tell you we appreciated you, but we appreciate you. And if you don't get back in place, we're all going to sink. Do you realize that when the children of Israel were growing in the wilderness, that one person, Miriam, got out of place and it stopped them, completely stopped everybody? See, we're a body. You, you can't just, a, a toe just can't keep going this way and an arm this way and an eye this way. We have to move together. So, be a servant. Find somewhere to serve and get in that place. And here's number three. Be a minister. Be a minister. Now go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Just back to your left a little bit there. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Look at verse 5. 5 and 6. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of, any, to think of anything as being from ourselves. But our sufficiency is from God who also made us, watch verse 6, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant. He made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant. Now, the New International Version says, He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant. The New Living Translation says, He is the one who has enabled us to represent His new covenant. The Amplified Version says, it is He! I just amplified. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You'll get it later. All right, the Amplified Version says, it, <laughs> it really was funny when you think about it. Okay. <laughs> it is He who has qualified us, making us to be fit and worthy and sufficient as ministers and dispensers of a new covenant. Do you know a phrase that I think we misunderstand in the body of Christ? Full-time ministry. I don't use that phrase. Not when I'm speaking of ministers who work for the church. Can I tell you why? I would say vocational ministers. I, I'm in vocational ministry, but I hope you are in full-time ministry. I hope during the day you are ready to minister and always give an answer of the hope that is in you. I hope any time someone is going through a difficulty that you're willing and able to say, I want to pray for you. I, want to, I, I, I think I can minister. You have to understand that as a vocational minister, my job is to not do ministry. My job is to equip you to do the ministry. The way that the church is going to reach the world is that the saints be, get equipped and begin doing ministry. And this thing about full-time ministry. And then I, I, I absolutely hate the, the beggar mentality that was so, so uh, common among vocational ministers for years. You know, and you, you've heard this a lot. And, I, and one of my friends told me this, that he's in sales. And this, this guy said to him, pastor of a small church somewhere said to him, he said, you know, you ought to just give that to me because I'm in full-time ministry. And, uh, and if you give that to me, you'll be supporting my ministry. 
And, and my friend said, well, I'm in full-time ministry too. And, and if you buy it at retail, you'll be supporting my ministry. <laughs> Which one's more important? You can't say that. You understand? Have you ever thought about this? How does God reach people in the medical industry? How does he reach people in the medical field? Let me tell you how. So it's real simple. Listen. He takes full-time ministers and disguises them as doctors and nurses. That's what he does. They're full-time ministers. I know some doctors and nurses that they do that as their vocation. I have a vocation. They do that as their vocation, but they know they are there to minister to people. That's what they're there for. How does God reach teachers? He takes full-time ministers and disguises them as teachers. How does God reach police officers? He takes full-time ministers and disguises them as police officers. How does God reach lawyers? He takes, that's probably a stretch. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We have a lot of godly lawyers in the church, and I really mean that, and that is a, a great mission field. So, if you're a lawyer, you are a full-time minister, and you have a lot of reprobates to reach, okay? So, <laughs> we have a, a couple in our church that own a hair salon, uh, and they, they, that's where I get my hair done, and uh, they do a great job. They do a great job. Um, but let me just tell you this. They are full-time ministers. The testimonies of the people who've been saved and healed and set free, who just came in for a haircut, are amazing. They were telling me the other day that um, this lady came in and started getting her hair cut, and she was from an abusive home, grew up in an abusive home. She began to open up and talk, and they began to talk to her about the Lord. She married an abuser, which is the pattern. Her husband was an alcoholic abuser, abusing her and the children. And in about a year, she got saved, her husband got saved, all of her kids got saved. They're now in a church, and they're life group leaders. That's what saints do who have been equipped. And you might say, well, I'd love to do all that stuff. Listen, you might say, I'd love to do all that stuff, but I don't know how. Thus, the need to be equipped. <laughs> we would love to equip you this Wednesday night. Next Wednesday night begins a new semester. You could sign up for some new classes. We'd love to. Because Jesus not only wants you saved, healed, set free, and discipled, he wants you equipped to do the work of the ministry. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you? What's the Holy Spirit saying to you? And I really, when I ask this, I want to ask two responses. One is, what's the Holy Spirit saying to you? through the prophetic word that I brought at the beginning of the message. How he would want you to step out in faith because it's to our advantage 
And I really don't want you to hear that as a fundraising thing. I would never, ever, 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 ever do something like that to raise funds. I'd never. I believe God wants to bless us and protect us during this time. And I believe that it's going to take a step of faith on our part. But also, what is God saying to you about being equipped? About growing up in love so you're not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine that comes through. What's the Lord saying to you? We want to pray for you. At every campus, in just a moment, we're going to stand. When we stand, we're going to have leaders here at the front. If you're in Frisco or or North Richland Hills, or you're in South Lake, if you're on the second level at the South Lake Sanctuary, if you need to come for prayer, don't let that stop you. Maybe you need to give your life to the Lord. Maybe you need to give your life back to God. Maybe you're out of work right now, and you need prayer. Maybe it's a health reason, a relationship problem. Whatever it is, if you need prayer for any reason at all, at all of our campuses, as soon as we stand up, I want you just to stand up and step out and come, and let's pray for you. Don't be embarrassed. Please don't be embarrassed, because this is what we do. We're not going to think you're a big, bad sinner because you go for prayer, because we all need prayer. Everyone needs prayer. Leaders in our church need prayer. I need prayer. So if you need prayer for any reason, when we stand up, you just stand up and step out and come and let us pray for you, all right? at all the campuses. Holy Spirit, I ask you right now to draw every person who has any need of prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.